Perfect. Well, it's awesome to be with you. Mentioned last week we were in Africa, actually Sunday morning, we were landing in Chicago, which is always a scary uh, thing to do. Anytime you go to O'Hare, you hope that you go through O'Hare and you don't stay at O'Hare, which seems to be a normal uh, thing. But we had a blast, but we are thankful to be back in Ohio. Uh, something that I think is very important. Maybe you can hear. There's ice. There's ice in there. That was the point. I don't know if you could hear that. Probably not. But there is ice. And in other countries, many times, they do not have ice. In Tanzania, Africa, ice is not a thing. Like, that's not a normal thing at all. And so when we get back, that is like number one is, Lord, where can I find a McDonald's? with their wonderful Dr. Pepper and extra ice, right? Like just the little things. Yeah, on our that. trip, everybody was like, I'm going to go back and eat a burger. I just want a burger or something, not rice. And he's like, I just want Dr. Pepper. They're I just like, want okay. Ice. <laughs> I just want ice. It's, it's great. But great to have Pastor Rachel with me this morning. And we just want to talk a little bit about our trip to Tanzania. And not like a, not so much like, a, you know, a picture thing, which there are some pictures, but more what God is doing there. And we believe what God is doing here. In the same way. Uh, and what God maybe is asking for us, even in a, a bigger way, something that, that he wants to do in us. So we just read the word and we believe that we see four things that, uh, that today we can learn from, we can grow from in that scripture. It is so rich. It is so deep. You could spend a month. In fact, when I was in college, I wrote my biggest paper in college was on this passage of scripture. You could write a book or two or three or ten on this passage. So today we're going to just touch on it a little bit. But the, the things that we see from Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, and then what we're seeing around the world and specifically in Tanzania, Africa, here this last week. Hopefully we can learn a little bit from them in that. But the first thing that we saw is that what? We can enter boldly. It says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place. Anybody? Uh, I think it is just super important that we need confidence to know that God that Jesus, he loves you. He's got you. He has the best things in store for you. Because how can we walk in him if we don't understand the boldness that we can walk in? It says, by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us, through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. Yeah, we get to enter into the place with Jesus because of Jesus, because of what he did on the cross, because the veil was torn, and we get to now enter into that. You know, when we think about in, in the, um, sorry, I got distracted for a minute. Um, if we think about the, the priest, when they would go into the Holy of Holies, the high priest would go in, and he would go in, in to make the sacrifices and to pray and to talk to God because the people weren't allowed to do that. There had to be one specific person that did that. And he would enter with fear and trembling because he was afraid of what maybe he had done. He had to go in perfectly, right? He had to go in without, without blemish, without having sin. He had to have made the right sacrifices in order to be that for us to enter that place. So can you imagine if we had to, on a Sunday morning, in order for us to come in and worship Jesus, we had to be completely clean and we had to be without spot. We had to be right before God in order for us to do that or we could be just killed dead, right? Could you imagine if you had to do that in your life? Can you imagine that this morning if you came in the room and if you weren't right with God that you just died here? Anybody think that would be a fun experience? Not the dying part, but the, I'm not sure about this, right? That's what happened in the Old Testament. Like, That's if right. they weren't ready, the high priest couldn't even go unless he was right. Right, and we don't have to do that. We don't have to worry about coming before God in that way because of what Jesus did. So we get to enter boldly here into the presence of God. We get to ask him for whatever we need. We don't have to be afraid. We get to do it without fear That's because right. of Jesus. That's right. There's nothing better than that. That new living way that is ushered in through Jesus into the presence of God. And something that we see when we look at the wording here, it's not something that's like a one-time thing. It's like eternally, forever, right now, the finished work of the cross is enough that says we get to enter in boldly. We get to be all in with what Jesus is doing and who he is. And there's nothing that makes, I'll say me, me feel better. And I hope us feel better then we get to enter boldly into what he, the king of kings, is doing. And we have to take advantage of that. So we see 
when we were in Tanzania, we were, had the ability to see the Tanzanian church and what they were doing and how they were operating. And it was, we've heard stories, and it was really cool to hear stories, but it was even cooler to get to see it in person, to see it happening. And they know how to enter boldly, right? Yes. And do. when they do, then they have dreams and visions. And I tell you, Tanzania has some, the Tanzanian Assemblies of God has some crazy, bold dreams. They are not afraid to dream big. They're not afraid to be bold and say, this is what we want to see happen. In the last 12-ish years, they have seen from 250,000 people, disciples, knowing Jesus, they now have 2.5 million. In 12 years, they've seen that growth. Yeah, come on. Yeah, come on. Isn't that awesome? Come on. We're talking about a country that has not all areas, but has a heavy Muslim influence. They have a lot of areas that that's all that they believe. Like, that's a big deal. It's not like here in America where they just, it's, it's everywhere. Wherever you look, you could hear about Jesus. They have places still that do not know the name Jesus. And so for them to have seen that over the last 12 years, they've also seen 20 from 2,500 pastors, they now have 20, or sorry, 2,500 churches. They now have 22,000 churches throughout their country. It's incredible. Not all of those have yet started, but they're in, they're in the works and they're getting ready to start. 22,000 from 2,500. I think that's incredible. And then over the next how many years now do they have left? The next 11 years. So that's what they had dreamed. They had set goals and they achieved those goals because they were willing to say, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. This is what God wants to see happen. They were willing to believe it. In the next 11 years, they're looking to grow to 33,000 churches. They're looking to have 11 million disciples of Jesus, 5,000 ministers, or sorry, 35,000 ministers, and 200 missionaries. So they want to take it then beyond their country into the countries around them. I heard them praying for that. God, raise up missionaries that want to go and be missionaries to the United States, that want to be missionaries to the countries surrounding them. They are believing for their country, and they're believing for more. And today, what can we learn from the Tanzanian church? Let's dream and have visions and bold dreams and visions. Let's be willing to speak them out, to declare them over our church, over our cities, over our schools, over our homes. Like what in your life can you boldly dream about and can you start to speak and, and do? Because when we look, they're going to put a picture up on the screen. This is a picture of a tree, of a little hut thing, and then of the church building. Now, just to, to explain what's going on here. The tree on the right, that tree is where this church, a pastor said, hey, I feel called. That is the tree that underneath of, they started the church. Before there was a building of any sort, before they had anything. Just came to the community, started having service, started meeting, started doing community underneath this tree. Then the group of people said, hey, we can build a stick hut. So they built their first building, which is that little thing that now they have a bike, it looks like. There's something inside. It's like a storage building now. But that they could be inside. So at least there was shade. At least there was, if it rained, a little bit of protection. Although if you see that, not a lot of protection. Like there, It still would get wet, but it wouldn't be the same as just a downpour. And then... The American church got to come and a pastor went and said, we, we can see what God is doing and was able to build this building. And what started under a tree, which was free, which was there, that built into sticks, that became a building. Now, when we were there on the afternoon, uh, Wednesday afternoon, we were there. There were probably 50 or 60 people that were worshiping Jesus. They were dancing and singing and proclaiming him and thanking the Lord for what God had done. And I want to encourage you that just like this place, when they started, there was nothing except for a pastor and a tree. What is it that God is calling you to, asking you to do, that would say, boldly come before, boldly be what I've called you to be, boldly believe. And what might God want to do in your life? That you say, it's just a tree. I can't do that. I can't start a church under a tree. I can't, whatever you can fill in the blank. I want you to know God can move and he wants to move and he will move in your life when we say, Lord, you've done the work. You're the high priest. I can boldly enter in. And when we do, God will give us dreams and visions that just blow our minds. The Tanzanian church knows how to enter boldly. 
They know, and it brings those dreams and visions. The second thing that we see here from the word is that we can access assurance. Verse 22 says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I love the thought of accessing assurance, like this is going to go well. Uh, there's, that is so important, right? Anybody? Like if you're a sports person, wouldn't it be nice if you just had full assurance you're going to get up to the plate and you're going to hit the grand slam and win the game? That's a lot better than, well, maybe I'm going to strike out. Like that's possible. But when we come with the Lord and with what he's doing, it's not like, well, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know what about my sin. What about the things in my life? Pastor Chris has full assurance in the airport that no matter what time it is, that he's going to be just fine. Okay. No matter what. Yes. No matter what. That is very true. So on the way back, from our trip, we were 17 and a half hours in one plane, and uh, that was a long time, 17 and a half we hours. We stopped in Dublin, Ireland, right? I, I thought that was pretty cool because we're here in Dublin, Ohio. We weren't allowed off the plane, first of all. Second of all, it was nighttime. So could we see anything? We could not Nothing. see anything. Nothing. So it was disappointment. It was disappointment. But we get to Chicago O'Hare International Airport thing. We have about two hours and 40 minutes. We're like, we're sure, right? Wouldn't you think two hours and 40 minutes, plenty of time to get your luggage and go through custom stuff and then get rechecked in at the terminal that's five miles away and then get, yeah, you know, all that stuff. I'll be honest, at this point, I had full assurance too. She did too, which was good because normally she doesn't. I'm like, ah, we'll get there 10 minutes before. It'll be fine. So we, we finally, we've gone through, we've gotten our, our McDonald's because that was important, our ice. We, uh, it only took a couple of extra minutes. We are walking, we're doing our our the train thing to get to the right terminal. We're there. And then we get to the security check. How many have been through security check at an airport before? Yeah, most of us in the room, right? Uh, normally, I would say, actually, I feel they normally move fairly quickly. There was probably only like 20 or 25 people before us. So I thought Columbus International, like, oh, we'll be 10 minutes. Like, we'll be through in 10 minutes for sure. It's not well, that big of a Well, let's say we've been through a lot of security at this point. In Africa, like... There, there were three or four security checks where you had the whole deal, taking off your shoes, taking out the computer, doing all the things. I mean, in one airport. Very in one airport. in yeah. Dodoma. But we're like, okay, it's going to be fine. It took us over a half hour. And by this time, a half hour was not in the, that was too much time. We decided we're in big trouble. We might miss our flight home. And I don't know if you've ever sat through a 17 and a half hour flight to say we might miss our flight, which means it's going to be sitting in the airport, like all of that. Like, this is not good. So we start to run. When we're through security, we are running. And we're like, okay, sweet. Uh, Terminal C is right over here. No problem. We're going to our gate C. It's going to be good. Then we get there and we realize there's an escalator that goes down. And when we're looking out, there's big windows and there's like the airport, a massive portion of concrete and planes are driving over. And we're like, this is not good. We realize time is limited. And so we are running. We're running across. We're getting on the little uh, escalator that with goes our luggage, flat. With like, our luggage being pulled behind us, our carry-on. And we're, we're going. And then, have you ever been there? Last call. Calling Chris and Rachel Gross. You have one minute to get to your gate, C8. We were well further than one minute from the gate. I would say we had half a mile or so left to go. And so we're running full speed, like everything we can. I leave Rachel in the dust. I'm like, I, we didn't talk because we didn't have time. I just went. I was like, she'll catch I up, I'm sure. I figure if he makes it, maybe he can convince them to wait for me. Yes, so we get escalator down, across, escalator up. I turn left. C8 is nowhere to be seen. C17 is there. I start running, and finally it, it shows up. I'm like, we're there. Turn the corner to where you check in, and the door is closed. And I'm like, oh, no. So they're like, hey, uh, who are you? I'm like, Chris and Rachel Gross. Because <gasps> I couldn't breathe because we had been running. It was a long way. And they're like, oh, awesome. Well, we'll, we'll open it back up for you. We'll let you in. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody that flies, it doesn't always go that way. Normally it's closed. They don't let you back in. I think God knew. So then they're like, yeah, where's Rachel? I'm like, I back up to look down the, and I'm like. I'm like trying. I'm like, She I'm is coming. somewhere. And then I see her like, oh, there she is. So she's running. She kind of 
like, I would say almost sports-induced asthma by the time she gets there. She's like, <gasps> like my, literally from like my throat to my stomach was on fire, like for a good 30, 45 minutes after this, <laughs> just burning and then coughing. I coughed for a long time and I'm pretty sure the entire plane thought I should be kicked off and not allowed on because I had COVID or something. Yeah. I didn't, it just, you know. It was, it was hilarious, exercise. but we made it. Like that was good, but that was not full assurance. That's not what we're talking no. about. When we're talking with the Lord, if you're walking with him, if you boldly entered, then he gives full assurance of your faith, full assurance that what he has done for you, it is over. The evil in our stuff, the, the stuff we've done that has happened to us, it's good. We've been washed with pure water. We have full assurance. What can be better than that, right? And the people in Tanzania, uh, they get it. We see just in this, access has been settled to God. The problem of perfect high priest, Jesus has done it. The problem of our spiritual pollution has been settled. It's all done. We have full assurance. And in order to really have full assurance, we, have, we do that by drawing close to Jesus, by being near him, by, by having an intimate relationship with him, one that's not just casual that we see when, you know, we can come on Sunday mornings and worship and do that, but that's not having a, a personal relationship with the Lord. That's giving us a little something, and we'll see a little further down why that matters. But, but we need to be drawing near to Jesus. And the Tanzanian church, we saw this, and we know that this applies to our own lives. The way we can draw closer to him is through prayer and through fasting. And so we're going to show you a video here in a second. First, let's throw up the picture that just is showing. This is in Tanzania. This was at their ordination um, service. But you can see the, their faces as they're praying and the passion that they have. And this only comes through having a personal relationship with the Lord. So the picture of all of the Tanzanian pastors praying. There we go. There it is. You can see they are boldly approaching the throne of God, right? They're not just coming in, Lord, please, would you do something in my city? Would you please help me to do what I or can? If, is, is it possible sometimes I think we're like, Lord, if maybe you would want this to happen, then if you would please, but if you don't want to, that's okay. I'm not sure if you do. Like, we've got the word. We know what God wants. That's we right. know the truth of the word. We don't have to, I'm not sure. I don't know if you want this healing. God spoke pretty clearly. Or I don't know if he wants my family member. He died for your family member. We don't have to wonder. They're not wondering. They're crying out to God. They're giving it and laying it all on the line. Saying, Lord, without you, we got nothing. Without you, there's nothing. And so we got to be a part then of seeing this. And I just want to play a few seconds of them uh, crying out. Now, I just imagine this whole room is doing this exact thing. Here it is. Can you imagine that we would see what's happened in Tanzania happen here in Dublin, Ohio, if we approached... Jesus this way, if we approached him in a way that said, God, you can do this, and we know you want to, will you use us? Will you help us to accomplish the task you've given us? Will you thank you for allowing us to be here and for allowing us to be a part of your plan? Because do you know you're sitting in these seats this morning because God has a plan for you and because he wants to use you and he has called you? It's not just calling us sitting here. It's not those that are paid on staff. It's each and every one of us, and we have all been called by God to do this very thing. But it only happens when we have that relationship with the Lord one-on-one, -on -one, and we understand the value of our prayer and of spending time with him. And I find it amazing because this, that video that we just saw, that was the last service of the whole general council. Tuesday had happened, Wednesday had happened, we're now Thursday night. And I want you to know, you may have noticed even, there's a lot of sweat going on in this room. Because it is a hot in this room. There's no air conditioning. It's 80-something degrees outside. It is an oven. Thank God it was the winter out. season Thankfully, and the high only is 82, only 80. <laughs> not 92, right? Like, it was amazing. But I just want you to know, in the process, this is where they are at the end. On Tuesday, the general council decided, you know what, we're going to fast on Wednesday. When we think of fasting there, it's a little different. Because if I said, hey, we are not going to provide lunch for you today, 
Then, okay, this is what would happen at our general council, our pastors all gathering together. Then the ones that wanted to go get lunch would just get in their car and they would drive to Buffalo Wild Wings or McDonald's and go get lunch. Because we are Americans, we do what we want, and you're not going to tell me what to do, right? Like, that's, that's just kind of how we are. That's, I know how I can be. There, when we say we're going to fast, that means they feed all 5,000 of those people, and they're saying, we're not feeding you tomorrow. There was no food. So there's no lunch, there's no breakfast, there's no dinner. It's just we're praying. And when we say we're fasting and praying all day, that means at 5 a.m., we're going to pray. So from 5 to 7.30, we're praying. At 7.30, then we get a break. Nope, nope, no, no, there's no break. At 7.30, the service starts, the morning service. After the service is the business session. After the business session means it's lunchtime. Oh, we're not eating right, so we're going to pray from 12 to 2. And then when 2 comes along, we're going to have a break. No, that was your break. What we're going to do is then we're going to have business, and then we're going to have our evening service. And then after the evening service, we're going to pray until 10 p.m. So they are in this room. 5,000 people praying and crying out to God and going after God. And they're not like, oh, we're three days into this. This is just a little bit too much. No, they're crying out to God. They're praying earlier in the day. This would have been on Thursday. And earlier in the day on Thursday, there was a moment just, hey, let's pray. What's God speaking? 5,000 people crying out to the Lord. They tried to get the group of people to stop praying. It took multiple minutes. Like, okay, we're going to quiet down now. Okay, we're going to move on to the next thing. And the people would not quit crying out to the Lord and crying out to the Lord. And it might look a little bit different here. Uh, it may, maybe it should. Maybe it shouldn't. I don't, I don't actually know the answer to that. But what I know we need is this assurance of our faith. And why? How do we get that? When we have passion for God, like the people of Tanzania have. When we have passion for God. Because most of the people in that room, they're not going back to their air-conditioned house. They're not going back to their super nice building where we're working on, you know, updating some things and new carpet. And, like, that's not even, that's not a real-life thing. They're going back to houses they've built with their own hands that may or may not have a real roof on them, like a real roof, we would say. An African hut, a, a thing that we wouldn't even count. No, they are all in, and they've many left what would have been normal to go plant a church under a tree in a little stick thing, maybe where someone came and built a building for them, where now, instead of nobody in that village knowing the Lord, there's 50 or 70 or 100 people that now are going to heaven because they were willing with full assurance to cry out to God. And we need that same passion. We need that same desire. We need that same, Lord, I don't know what it looks like, but we need it. We have to have it. And I want to encourage us to be a people that walk with boldness. We enter boldly because we have full assurance of our faith because of what Jesus did on the cross. And that means full assurance. Whatever you've done in your life, it's, it's good. If you've asked him to forgive you, you're good. You don't have to be scared coming into church. Even if you got in a fight on the way here and you were yelling at each other, you and your kids, guess what? Lord, that was not good. Forgive me. Make it new. Help me to do better next time. Full assurance, you're good. Come and let God speak to you. Let's leave and let God speak to us. Tomorrow at work, let's let God speak to us. At school, let's let God speak to us. He loves you. Full assurance of our faith. As we continue, uh, we see that uh, in Tanzania, uh, man, just the thought of stop wavering, I think, nails it. Says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Uh, if we could throw up the pic of the church planting school, the different buildings. In Tanzania, we mentioned that they started uh, 12 years ago, and they had 2,500 churches. They've been around for many, many years, for I think 70 years or so. They've been around 2,500 churches for a long time. God gave a vision, said, this is what we're going to do. And they put a, they cast a vision. They said, this is going to make, what, what's going to happen? The numbers that we are seeing are what God gave them. But in a part of that, how do you go from 2,500 churches and pastors right around to 22,000 that are, are kicked off? They're started. Uh, there's a few, they don't officially count them until they get to 20 members. So there's a few, uh, some of those are under 20 members. But how do you see that happen? They had a dream of church planting schools in every district. When they started, there were 11 districts. Now that they have 2.5 million people and 22,000 churches, they now have 72 districts. 
And they said, we need a church planting school in every district, which means they need 72 church planting schools. Uh, that, the picture you can see on the left. This year, a part of what we got to be a part of is to go and say there were only four or five more that needed to be made to do all 72. And we got to be a part, you get to be a part of seeing that vision, that dream become a reality. By December, we, they believe it's all going to be paid for and they believe they're all going to be built. 72 church planning schools. That specific school right there. There were around 30, maybe a little more than 30 students in that school. They're going to be there for five months. At the end of five months, all 30 of those men and women are going to be sent out. And when they're sent out, they're going to go and they're going to start a church. Maybe like the, the tree, they might start under a tree. They might have a different thing. They might already have a building. Who knows all of these people, but all 30 are going to do that. And can you imagine just numbers? I should have done the math. I'm not the best at math, but 72, if there's always 30 going every five months, there's 30 something in each one of those over and over and over and over. They believed and they said, this has to happen. And in fact, this year, Sam Johnson, who's with Priority One, who helps them fund the building of these things. Brother Barnabas said, we need them done this year. And Sam's like, I don't have the money. I can't make that happen. Maybe three years. And Brother Barnabas is like, no, how about two years? They're like, okay, we'll settle on two years. And through the goodness of God, and we'll give a, a Hobby Lobby plug, plug, the Green family who owns Hobby Lobby. They give millions of dollars away to the kingdom of God and what God's doing. And they are going to give, or they just gave $1.5 million to see, I think, 30 of these schools be built. And then what we got to do is we got to finish off the last several schools when we were there. That it's, it's paid for, it's pledged. You get to be a part of seeing the vision happen. Because Brother Barnabas says, we need this. We can't get to 11 million disciples unless we have the pastors and the churches and the people to see it happen. And we get to be a part because they are all over it. In fact, this morning, what did you got a text this morning? Yeah, we got a text from Jeff Garrett, who is um, our missionary that we support through Priority One. And he wrote us saying that as a, as a result of the trip we were just on, they have $832,000 that have been promised to help complete a few things. And he says that what that means is they now have all the money to plant the the remaining church planning schools, so all 36 schools, they have $260,000 that's needed for a pastoral training center that they're able to now cover, and a good chunk of what's needed for, for two Bible colleges that, actually three, it looks like three Bible colleges that they're going to be able to start, and that's beyond those church planning schools. That's to get churches going. The, the colleges are to train pastors to be able to know the word of God and to be able to preach the gospel. We as a church, get to be a part of that, of what's happening in Tanzania. And I believe that as we bless Tanzania, as we bless the, the world through our giving, through our going, through our prayers, that God is going to bless us here. And he's going to bless you in your own life. Come on. And that is our prayer. Lord, we do not want to waver. We don't want to stop. We don't want to give up. We don't want to say it's too hard. This doesn't even seem realistic, what God has done in Tanzania except I've seen it with my own eyes. I was there four years ago, the growth from four years ago, the growth from where there, God has done a, a miracle and we get to be a part of it, but it started because they pray, they worship their word, people of the word, they don't waver right or left. They're true to what God has. And something that I think was, it might've been the most boring part of our trip, but also maybe the coolest part is that when we were there on Wednesday, the, the, African Continental Theological Seminary was, gr the grand opening took place. Uh, it's just an amazing facility, a part of Central Bible College there uh, in Dodoma. And uh, it was awesome. But the Prime Minister of Tanzania, he came to this grand opening. The Prime Minister of Tanzania is a Muslim uh, guy. And if, which you probably don't, I didn't until I was there, but Tanzania is not exactly... Uh, it, everything is corrupt. Let's just say it that way. Government corrupt. So maybe a little like here in America. I'm not sure. You can yeah, judge yourself, right? Like it's just crazy. But next level because of what they do and how they live. It's just not like we would just be amazed. And Brother Barnabas had the prime minister come. This was being uh, shown live all throughout Tanzania. And after the grand opening brought him into the whole group of four or five thousand pastors. And 
Brother Barnabas spoke kind of like a, hey, this is what we need in Tanzania. Uh, you can see there on the, the right picture, the guy with the microphone, that is, that is the prime minister. Uh, the picture on the left, I was this close to him. I took that picture. I just walked right up to the front of his car. There were guards and there were people and I just kind of weaseled my way in there and took the picture. I was like, I don't hope I don't get arrested or something, but I, it all worked out well. But this guy is not a Jesus follower, but Brother Barnabas believes in honor, and they honored him in a huge way. But then Brother Barnabas gave like a pre-speech. He was going to talk, gave a pre-speech and talked about Tanzania, talked about what the church needs, talked about what's biblical worldview, talked about issues like we need to be one man and one woman, not multiple wives. Like the place went nuts because that's a real issue there. And the prime minister is like, you know, sitting back like, oh, I can't say that from my politics side. Like, you know, like all the, like he was direct honoring, but direct. He talked about sports teams, Brother Barnabas. I'm like, I would not have thought we would have gone into sports teams. But how important sports teams are so the rest of the world can see who Tanzania is. And all of these things. And then at the end really got into those things like one wife. One after another. Things that the church, that the Tanzanian Assembly of God... And the, the church are the ones that are starting schools. The government's not starting schools. They don't have money to start schools. There's corruption. The money goes elsewhere. The church is starting schools. The church is feeding those that need. The church is being the church in a way the government that, that can't do and won't do. And says, this is what we believe. And the prime minister needs the Tanzanian Assembly of God Church badly. And because of that, he's going to sit there. And then he got up. And the only way I could describe it is like a... A Trump rally, like, I'm the greatest, we're the greatest, uh, Tanzania is the greatest. Like, that's the sort of things he was saying, you know, like, woo, this is awesome. Uh, and then gets towards the end and starts to rebut or to say, yeah, I agree with you on the things that were specific. Brother Barnabas brought this guy in, the four or five thousand people, they got to hear from him, but also encourage him. And this Muslim, in his politician way, was saying, T-A-G is the best church. So Tanzania Assembly of God is the best church. Said things that they would say, you know, Jesus is Lord. And then the whole place would go nuts. Because this Muslim guy that doesn't serve the Lord is saying Jesus is Lord. We know it's political. It's all those things. But it's like, yes, we believe it. Like the prayer for this guy. Not going to waver. You know, when I think about our own situation, I think about us in America. We are in a place where... Is there by chance wavering away from the word of God when it comes to normal things right now? You turn on the TV, you turn on anything, you look at the government. When we don't know what pronoun we are, when we don't know and we can't say if you're a girl or a boy anymore. Or Disney won't even, like they don't use those terms anymore. Like what is, what is happening? And we cannot waver from the truth of the word of God. In fact, May had a word and you know, uh, that... I think it was just so right. When specifically to schools, to specifically to our kids, if we can't use pronouns, like you're a boy or you're a girl, if we're confused in all of these things, prayer, and she didn't know I was going to talk about it, prayer is what it's all about. Prayer is what is needed. We must be a people of prayer. We must be a people that are going to cry out to the Lord. We must be a people who aren't going to be afraid that if we get a tad bit political once in a while, that all of a sudden everything's going to, everyone's going to leave or whatever's going to happen or we're going to get mad at each other. No, what's the word say? Not a party, not a person, but what's the word say? And then we have to be unwavering to the truth of the word. And that means we have to stand up. We have to stand up. And we have to love. And we have to care. And when people are confused that don't know the Lord or, or that do, and we walk them through that, we have to love. But we have to be people that know we are boys and girls and we are men and women. And one wife and one husband is a couple. That's what the Word of God says. We will stand on the Word of God. We cannot waver. And I want to encourage us if we can learn anything, I want to be willing that if we had whoever the big government person is at our big conference or at our church, and it's not because they believed what this guy is and what he stands for, but because we're going to sow in to the things of our, of our world and to the things of society. We're not going to waver. There's no wavering in Tanzania. They are, they are a word, biblical. But what would happen if, our, if our, we just changed a little bit and we could have true conversation and it not make us upset but said what does the word say and I'm going to do my best I want you to know in November 
to vote for as close as I can see the word of God being. And I hope you do too. What's the word say? What's the truth of the word say? And if we're trying to change society, we have to be a people that will say, you know what? I might have done it different. I, I'm just, you know, I'm praying for a, another party someday that is a Christian party that we can vote for 100% and be there, right? Obviously, that's what we want. That would make this easy. We don't have that. So, Lord, you have to guide us. And, Lord, if it doesn't line up with your word, I can't support it. So, or maybe I have to say, who lines up the most with your word? Because we're just in a tough spot. So, Lord, help us. And if we need to change what we've done for Lord, I'm going to line up with your word. What makes the most sense with your word? Guide us, direct us. And so I want to ask you, uh, this is not what this is all about, but I want to ask you, sometimes we're going to talk about things that are slightly political. I try not to go crazy. If you want to know, we can have a conversation. I have super strong opinions, super strong. I'm not going to be like pushing stuff down your throat. But when we're talking about abortion, the word's not wishy-washy. We're going to do our best and we're going to celebrate when things are overturned that are not right. And so I want to ask you, if I ever say something that offends you, I pray you know my heart is not that. My heart is the word. And if I ever need correction, I'm good. I can be corrected. But we have to be people that will not waver. And who knows? I don't know what's going to happen. But maybe every once in a while we have someone that's a little political and we have to then say, Lord, how do we sow into this person? And how do we stay true to your word? And I don't even know what that looks like. But I saw it modeled in Tanzania in a way that I have truly never seen. I've never seen in a way that was so positive. Not because now they're going to go all vote for that guy. If there's a better option, none of them would vote for that guy. But God wants us to be unwavering to the word. And we're going to be political. We need, we, the church has to be political. And we need you. Maybe you are a parent. We need you to stand up for what's true and what's right and what's good. Your kids need you to stand up for what's true and right and good. And what's being shoved down our kids' throats in many places is not okay. It's not right. It's not biblical. And so you need to have those conversations with your kids. But then could there be some school board members in this place? Could there be some political people in this place that say, I need to be the one that's going to stand up? And I'm praying that that's what would happen. When we were there at the same day, the Speaker of the House, basically, who, who is a female Tanzanian Assembly of God uh, member, she got up right before the Prime Minister and was just preaching Jesus. It was awesome. And she means it. Like, she's a Christian. We need people like that that are in our government. So it's easy. So we can all say, all of us are going to vote for this person because it's obvious, right? We need that. Maybe you're one of those people in your community. Maybe in Dublin or Hilliard or Plain City. Maybe you're one of those people who say, I never would have thought it, but I'm going to stand up and I'm going to jump in for some political role. Okay, I better move on. We could stay here a long time. <laughs> the church got it. They didn't waver. They're not afraid to speak to culture. They speak the truth and there's nothing better than that. The last thing today as we close is meet together. 24 and 25, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. If the pandemic, the last two and a half years have taught us anything, I think as a society, as a church, as a people, is we need each other. And even when we say we don't need each other, maybe we, that's what our natural incline, or we're like, I'm introverted, I don't need people, I don't want to go to someone's house, I don't want to go to church, I don't, then all of a sudden you don't have the opportunity to do those things anymore, you're not going to work anymore, it looks differently, at least for a short period of time, for everybody, it was like that. All of a sudden people realize, we need community, we need each other. In fact, a lot of people in this room, Maybe weren't in church three years ago or four years ago. And you said, you know what? I need a, a community. I need my church family. I can't do it alone. And the word of God is clear throughout. That when we're united and we're together and we're meeting. And it's not about Sunday morning for eight weeks that we took off. That's not the point. But what about our life groups? What about the people we know? Who we are? The Tanzanian Assembly of God Church. We've got a picture of just the, the whole room. About 5,000 that are there together, that there's something about being in a spot where we're together. And there's something about a Sunday morning environment. There's something about a conference environment. But this only represents what they're doing Monday through Friday. This represents 
than being together in small groups. This represents not praying when there's 5,000, but praying when there's two or three or four. And I want to invite you to be a part of meeting together, of letting God move, of seeing the power of God pour out in you. On Sunday morning, but Wednesday night, Tuesday morning prayer, Tuesday evening prayer, September 13th, we're going to start uh, 6 to 7 o'clock in the evening as well as 7 to 8 in the morning prayer on, on Tuesday, our Wednesday night discipleship and prayer and worship here in this room. Like we need to be together, but we also need to be in each other's homes, in each other's lives. When something goes on, we know because we're a part of each other. We know each other. And I want to invite us to be a group that we're united. We're together. We let God speak. You know, when we're together, it helps, it stirs up something inside of us. It stirs up love for one another. It unifies us. It helps us to understand one another. And if you want to know how to be discouraged in life, it's to not be with people. If you forsake spending time together, if you just come in on Sunday morning and leave and you don't talk to anybody, if you're not spending time together then you're going to be discouraged in your life. And you're going to wonder where are people at? What is God doing? Because you, the purpose of us gathering together in community is to lift up one another, to encourage each other. You should be looking for somebody to encourage when you come to church. You should be looking for somebody to invite to your life group so that you can encourage each other. That's the whole purpose of what we do. We get to glorify God. We get to honor him. We get to worship we get to build one another up because we're not de- designed to do life alone. These Tanzanian pastors aren't changing Tanzania. They're not seeing revival because they're doing it by themselves. They're seeing revival because they're together, because they believe in a common purpose and a common goal that they love Jesus and they believe the whole world needs to know. And so they come together, they worship, they pray, they encourage each other, and that's what we get to do. And that's what this fall, when we start launching life groups again here, you need to be in it. If you don't think you need it for you, you need it because somebody else needs it. So if you think, hey, I don't, I don't need encouragement, really, I'm good, do it for somebody else. Who can you be an encouragement to? And so often we think of groups, we think of being with people as what can people give me? And the Bible repeatedly, that's never what it says. It's always, what can you do? How can you be an encouragement? How can you help bring somebody back to health? And that's my prayer is let's be those people. What can I do to help somebody else? Because when you start helping and you start encouraging and you get in the lives of others, not them in your life, that will happen, but you get in their life, then everything changes. Our perspective changes, who we are changes, what God is doing and what we see changes. We must be a people that meet together. We think of Tanzania, when we think of together, it's not only the Tanzanian Assembly of God, it's the American church that gets to help and sow into the Tanzanian church to make the infrastructure possible, to watch the revival fill all this stuff that we get to build. It's amazing as it's not only us, it's not me, it's not only a small group, it's not only a church, it's not only American church, it's all over the world. We need each other. And so I want to encourage us here at Radiant Life Church. September 9th, that weekend, we're going to start our groups. And we want you to be a part. You can go to radiant.family and see, I think there's 14 groups that you can be a part of. There's opportunities for your kids. Wednesday night, girls ministries, Royal Rangers, uh, Sunday morning uh, or an afternoon, teen, teen Bible quiz, JBQ. Multiple things for students to get involved in. Youth group, uh, what they're doing on Sunday nights all the time. God is moving. Let's get involved. But how can you get involved? Radiant.family, you can sign up. The next couple weeks in the foyer, you're going to be able to sign up. And September 3rd, Ohio State-Notre Dame football game, we are going to be meeting right out back behind the gym. And the screen is bigger than this. That's on that wall out there. And we'll be watching it, having a good time. It will be a great opportunity to get free food. Free food is good. You can bring something if you'd like. Uh, We're going to have hot dogs, hamburgers, different tailgates from the different groups. And then you can get connected to a group. So you're like, I don't know if I want to meet someone in their home for the first time. Awesome. We're going to be out. God's green, you know, creation out there. You can jump in. You can walk around. Find a group you feel comfortable in. We invite you to come to get plugged in to groups. Because groups make Sunday morning better. Groups make Wednesday night better. Groups make your life better. Because it's personal. It's intimate. It's powerful. And we believe God wants to move through you. 
and in you. So jump in, tailgate September 3rd, radiant.family, you can get all the details as well as sign up for a group or wait September 3rd or in the foyer. The other thing that I just want to mention, we think of future. We're thinking long-term, Africa. We're thinking missions trip next October. If you want to go with us, we're going to be going uh, to a group way out to villages where, where we're going to be actually uh, they're going to bring a tent village and set it up, an outfitter is what they're called, that'll come set that up for us. They'll do kitchen, the whole deal. We're going to build a school in the middle of a village that when water and school and a church comes, then it happens over and over again. Almost all of those people over a five-year or so period will come to know Jesus. Right now that nobody knows Jesus, that's what we're going to go do. See a village change and transform with the message of the gospel. Give those kids the first opportunity of their life to learn and to be taught and to learn how to read and to do those things in a school uh, environment and to meet Jesus. So we're looking forward to that. We love that we get to partner with Tanzania and our other 80 missionaries and mission organizations around the world. I love it. If you can't tell, if you've been here for any time, I love talking about it. I'll ask for money for other people all the time. In fact, this, this last uh, week, I think, we got to support Ohio State Chi Alpha and their welcome week that we got to uh, give, I think, $3,000 or whatever to help that happen, where they got to see over 200 people be a part of their Hawaiian uh, night that they had. And we got to be a part just of things like that here and around the world. And we get to be a part of what God's doing here in Dublin at Radiant Life Church. Uh, this week, in fact, I think on Monday, we are opening, I think it's this Monday, a new classroom. If you are a nursing mother in the room, this will be important for you to know. Our nursing mother's room is no longer in that room. Because we, uh, daycare said, if we could get, have another room, then we could put 24 new kids in, in a, a room over there and move a classroom over here. And so we're like, okay, how do we do this? So this room, that was the nursing mother's room, is now if you have a child that maybe is a, a little loud or you're like, I, I can't have them in the sanctuary, then you can break, take them in that room. There's a TV screen. It's on. You can hear the service, be a part of the service while your kid would play if they're, they are with you. And then the coat closet, which is no longer a coat closet. In fact, you can all, all go check it out as long as the door's open. Don't go in there if someone's nursing. That would be not what we're going for. But after today, it is nursing mothers only, right? Only nursing mothers in there. And that's where there's a perfect place, a TV. By next week, the, the court will be run. The sanctuary service will be in there. And It's a good-sized closet. It is. <laughs> we're not putting moms in a closet, so... <laughs> It's like a small room. I promise. When you go in, you'll say, oh, this is a perfect size for a couple moms to nurse their children and have a TV. It's going to be like life size in the room because the TV, it's, it's awesome. I think you're going to like it if you're a nursing mother. But then like we've it. got both, guess what, little things that mean we're going to have 24 more kids in our daycare, which it means 15 to 20 more families that we get to minister to. It means that what God's doing, we get to be a part of. That's what we want, more outreach to our community. We think of and talked in the spring about carpet and different things that we're going to be doing. We are hopefully this week going to get our final designs from our designer. We're, we're excited about it. We get to be a part of reaching our community through our daycare, reaching our community other ways, going around the world. And guess what? Sometimes you have to get rid of the maroon carpet on your stage. I'm just being real. Sometimes it's got to go. So here it might take three, six months from now, but we're in the process of making those updating, right? We can do all things because we can be bold. We can have assurance God's going to take care of us. We can know he's going to do it. And this morning, it was, it's so much fun because we had a good crowd for our first service, a good crowd for our second. There's growth that's happening because when we move ahead in God, we can know he's got it. And he's got it in your life. And so you, we're going to see things all the way around. The world, our building, our lives, and I pray our communities because you get to go and take the message of the gospel. So I want to encourage you one more time. We've got to meet together. If you don't like groups, maybe you think that's uncomfortable. It's time to get comfortable. And it may not be comfortable the first night, but it'll be comfortable when you connect and you have friends and they're pouring into you. And you know, sometimes our comfortable uh, groups, sometimes people do things and there's moments where you're like, uh, right, are you a person? You are. I'm a person. I am. So that means there's going to be times and we might have a disagreement or something happens. But when we love each other and we're encouraging each other, we can work through all of those things and be comfortable even doing life together. Yeah. The good and sometimes the difficult. We can do it together. We can do it united in the things of God. So we can't take any longer. We've gone long. We knew we would. So thank you for sticking with us. Uh, but God's moving. 
Let's let him move. What can he do in your life this week? Full assurance. Bold movement. Enter boldly. Don't waver. The word of God is real. How can you get involved in the word of God being poured out? In a positive, loving way. Please, always. But what do we need to do to be the church? To not waver. To make a difference in our our society and our community. And then to be in each other's lives. God's got something special. He's got something special for you. Pastor Rachel, would you want to close our our time in prayer today? And uh, we love you all so much. So, well, Lord, we thank you today just for your word. God, we thank you that we get to stand on your word. And because of who you are, Jesus, we can enter boldly to ask you for the things that we need, God, to ask you for dreams and visions. And God, this morning, I pray that you would just... Would you download those to us, God? Would you allow us to understand you more fully, God, and to be close to you? God, draw near to us as we draw near to you, and let us, God, know you more and to know your heart. God, let us know the the will and the plans that you have for us, God. We pray that you would help us to speak boldly and to speak confidently into the things, God, that we need to. God, I pray that we would pray for our leaders, that we would pray for the people in authority over us, God. And I pray that it would not just be the things that they do that we don't agree with, God, but that we would cover them in prayer and that we would see things change, God, through prayer, through fasting, through spending time with you and reading your word. And so, God, today I pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to go forward this week and to, to reach reach our city for Jesus. God, that you would help us to be those people. And Lord, that we would also uh, look to get involved, Lord. Help us, God, to not not forsake gathering together, Lord, but that you would help us to be obedient to you and to your word. God, that wants us to gather together to build community. And so, Lord, would you begin to show people, Lord, those connections? Would you give them, Lord, the group that they should be involved in, God? Show them, Lord, as they look over those names, God, and would you place them in the right place, Lord, to build community and connection and to get encouragement and to give encouragement, Lord. So we thank you today. I pray your blessing over each person today. God, let us have a great week and let us walk in you. We love you and we thank you, Father. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. 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 I forgot to take offering this morning, so Radiant.Family, you can give, whereas you leave the tithe boxes in the foyer. We love you. Let's be a community. Stay, hang out, talk after church. Maybe ask somebody, you want to go to lunch? Let's be community, share Jesus, and then let's take Jesus with us to the world. This week, be careful what you watch, be careful what you listen to, be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. See you again next week.